Welcome to Doug and Joe Talk. I am Doug. And I'm Joe. And we have a great cigar in our hand today. Uh, yeah, on a Tuesday. A Tuesday. A little, a little uncharacteristic for the show, but... And we missed a week. Yeah. Um, sickness, busyness, and all kinds of things. We actually couldn't squeeze anything in. But uh, picked a dandy. We got through our Kristoff uh, sampler, but we're going to continue with a few of the newer Kristoffs. And uh, I want to talk about it right now, fast, get into it, because we've been smoking it for, I don't know, five minutes maybe, and it is wonderful. It's glorious, really. Um, but it looks cool, too. <clears throat> um, it's the Solomon shape, which I think is a traditional cigar shape, which is pretty long, and it's a little smaller uh, where it goes in your mouth. It's a little bigger on the end you light, but both ends are sort of finished. Uh, obviously, the, the, the end you have to cut is finished, but the foot is... Almost rolled shut, not quite. If you're not familiar with that, you, know, you can look it up online. But this is an exclusive one. It only is this size, and it's only available at brick-and-mortar stores, or you could order it online from a brick-and-mortar store. It's called the Christoph TAA49, and that stands for the Tobacconists... Uh, where's it at in my notes? Tobacconists Association of America, so only those folks get it. And are you part of the association? I am not, <laughs> but I bought it from Neptune Cigars, so we'll send a, send a shout out to them. Thanks for carrying it, yeah. and um, we're loving it, man. Mm. Um, the world's going to hell in a handbasket, but we got a good cigar yeah. in our hand. <laughs> Isn't it funny how how uh, your day can fluctuate up and down based on simple things, or sometimes not so simple things, just. What I mean to say is the things that make your day go up and down are fu- are kind of funny sometimes. Uh, certainly, I've been. I mean, I I think it's probably come across for the last several months that I've been pretty optimistic about the direction of things. This morning, I was telling you uh, before we got on air, I was telling Doug here like it's a little bit. Today, I, I saw the news and I just kind of got that uh oh feeling again, kind of like what I had during all the years of Obama's presidency, and uh, I don't know, it's. Uh, Things are moving, and, and kind of uh, now that campaign season's kind of starting to get off the ground, it seems like some of the old wariness is seeping back in. But uh, this is a fantastic cigar. Not to just make a 180 hairpin turn there, but it reminds me a lot of, of, the, uh, of that Ecuador that I love so much. Mm. When I first lit it, that's, the, like, that's what I tasted. But it, It's... Um... Yeah, I don't want to talk too soon either, but what the heck, it's our podcast. If we get it mm-hmm. wrong, we can fix it later. It's reminded me a little bit of the uh, one of the Aging Room cigars. I can't remember the one I like, but it's reminding me of one of those that I like. But maybe better. Um, I'm liking what I'm getting. So let's, uh, let, let's we're at the beginning of the podcast. Let's pin it down. We've only, we've had it on five minutes. Let's, let's try to say what we're getting. Just We love it. We know we love it, but what are we getting in the first first five minutes do you want to talk about what it is first or we want to talk about what we're doing okay you're right i should do that first thank you for straightening me out Mm -hmm. keeping me on my notes the Kristoff taa exclusive 49 features tobaccos from the three major uh tobacco growing not the three but from three major tobacco growing countries uh in latin america outside of cuba the cigar is highlighted by a dark honduran criollo wrapper a dominican criollo binder and filler from the dr and nicaragua and uh, one size only. And the thing that's interesting about this and this particular type of cigar that I think is interesting is the size that it is 
at the head is about the size of cigar I like. And the size it is at the foot is about the biggest cigar I smoke. Mm-hmm. So it's like probably a 52 or a 54 at the foot, but it's 49 or and maybe just a hair. I wouldn't mind smoking one a hair smaller, but that's about a Corona size at the head. And uh, so, um, so that's what we got in our hands. And, and uh, towards the close of the program, we'll talk about what we're supposed to taste. Right mm-hmm. now, we're just going to talk about what we are tasting. So I'm getting... <laughs> The the first thing that I was able to pinpoint out was like a nutty taste, and it's almost it's a sweet nutty though. It's almost like a caramelized or toffee nut kind of thing for me. Interesting, because that's that's what I'm getting. But every time I get sweet nut, my default is always to say like almond amaretto kind of sweet nut. Yeah, it's not it's not, it's like not that, that sweet. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm getting like a caramel almost like a though. Hmm. So I'll just agree with sweet nut. Mm-hmm. We'll, we'll, we'll stay there. And I was getting a weird sensation that it's like, oh, this is going to be spicy, but then it wasn't spicy. Yeah. It's like, oh, well, so am I tasting something that's sort of spicy but not mm-hmm. burning? Well, if you uh, – I noticed on like a, a gentle retrohale is super m- m- mild. Yes. But if you like blow the smoke out of your nose, then it is a little burny. Oh, okay. So I mean, I might, that might happen every time you blow smoke through your nose. But <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> I blow smoke a lot, but <laughs> anyway, um, one other thing that I want to mention because it's surprising me that I like it. I'm getting just a teeny hint of what I would call the dirty Nicaraguan tobacco, but it's mixed in with everything so well. It's really well hidden. It's yeah, it's pleasing. It's like there's just a teeny bit of it, and I think I like it. So mm-hmm. um, it's kind of like that grit on an Isla Scotch. You know, sometimes you just yeah, want that grit. That's a good. Uh, yeah. Wow, I, I like what you have to say there, Joe. So um, and the retrohale surprised me because it was really smooth. Yeah, it's I super smooth. It so mm-hmm. well, that's where we are so far, and ah, uh, uh, where are we gonna go as far as the world mm. as the world turns as the world turns. I think probably the biggest thing that's. Um, striking in the news is this thing going on in Venezuela. I mean, I, okay, first, my first impressions first, when I heard the story that there's, apparently there's a violent revolution going on in Venezuela. And I don't know enough about the country to know what whose side is what. Do you know exactly what's going on? Well, from what I've read, it seems like um, Maduro's the bad guy, Guaido's the good guy. I think that's accurate, but it's hard to say. And Guaido's the rebel, you know, right. trying to overthrow the evil government that's in power. Right. And that always makes me nervous. Oh, yeah. Because, you know, you're trying to over... Yeah. <laughs> you're, want, you're wanting to, yeah. with guns, fight the guy that's supposed to be the government in charge. So, mm-hmm. you know. Well, I mean, history has a tendency to repeat itself, and it seems like a lot of times you you don't get a true revolution in the sense of, like... We took over that bad government, and now everything's better, like we had here. Yeah. Really, what seems like happens there is you, one dictator replaces another dictator, and yeah. it just kind of goes on and this just, cycle. And you just have tighter salad. Yeah. <laughs> Dick tighter salad. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. <God. laughs> but you know, I mean, I guess the, I one thing that I want to make sure when I read a headline. Like, you know, I, I generally try to check, check Drudge report in the morning and kind of get, get a pulse on what it is going on in the world. You know, when you see a red headline on Drudge, you say, oh, okay, something, something's happening. And I saw, you know, the, the idea that heavily armed guys are marching in and there's, it's going to be hot. 
And I had to kind of fight a little bit um, of a tendency to just like, oh, yeah, there's, there's, that's going on. And like it's not a big deal. We've, I think we've become so callous to violence and things just from, I don't know if it's from movies or just because there's so much of it. I mean, we've been at war for how long now? 15, 16, 17 years or long something? Time. And, uh, man, when it comes down to people fighting for their homeland, it doesn't matter where they are. That's a, that's a crazy serious thing, you know? Yeah. I don't ever want to see that and be like, oh, yeah, there's another revolution going on. Yeah, I I looked at a picture and it wasn't a video. And oftentimes, I, I, I when I'm reading, I see more pictures than when I'm just listening to news. And some guy, it was just a look to me like an everyday guy, probably wearing a greenish armyish shirt, but you know, blue jeans and mm-hmm. you know, normal shoes, with a gun shooting off a bridge. And it was like, this is a normal everyday guy. This is yeah me. I'm, some people might argue if I'm normal, but the point is, this is just a normal guy. Yeah. In an uprising against his government, that's that's a big deal. And I'm like, gosh, I'm thankful that we're that we've never had to go there. Or it's not in our lifetime. Yeah, not in our lifetime. We meaning you and me. Yeah, yeah. Not, not the country. And um, but that was you know you, you got to be. I mean, I go to work every day. I'm probably not going to die, get shot, and die. Mm-hmm. You know, but he's his country's in enough trouble that he's willing to fight for it and he could die yeah. because that he believes he's doing the right thing. And that's a big deal. Not only could he die, but he's not shooting at targets. He's right. shooting at people probably. Yeah. And that's, I mean, I'm around shooting a lot. I shoot and I'm around guns daily, you know, but to actually see somebody firing one at other people, that's, that's significant. Well, and it's some, yeah, to throw race into it. And it's, his people, mm-hmm. you know, it's like I could be, I could be shooting at George, my neighbor. Yeah. You know, if George just happened to think the other guy was the one that ought to be in charge, that's right. just you know, that's tough stuff. You got to make some pretty heavy decisions. Yeah, and you're making those kinds of decisions for your neighbors as well, because you know, it. it I think I read a statistic one time that, like, what was it, ten to maybe fifteen percent of our American population actually participated in the Revolutionary War. Oh, wow. And so you think about the other 85, 90% of people that are just, they just want to have peace in their life. They just want to be able to do business and feed their kids and go to work and whatever. So you, so when you, when a person instigates or participates in a violent revolution, it's, you're making a decision for everybody that, hey, we're going to all have hardship now for a while. Mm-hmm. Hopefully, you know, we can come out on top, but I think you probably have, it's pre- I mean, obviously, it, this is an oversimplification, but it's a precarious place to be. Mm-hmm. Huh. We got it pretty good here. Oh, man. You know? Yeah, I'm having a hard time putting sentences together because I'm enjoying the cigar so much. I know. <laughs> I just, I can't just keep looking at the cigar thing. Yeah. This is beautiful. I really want to care about Venezuela. Yeah, right. More, I'm caring more about the oh, Dominican man. Republic right Isn't now. <laughs> so anyway, well, um, yeah, so I don't know. I guess we could say our prayers go out to all the Venezuelan people, whichever side you're on. Uh, obviously we want good to prevail and uh, the, the right guy to, you know, <clears throat> to get in power and get things straightened out down there. Um, so, but, um, 
Have you heard? Have you heard any more about? Uh, I'm jumping if that's okay. Oh, that's fine. About illegal immigrants being sent to sanctuary cities. Mm-mm. I haven't heard any more about that. Kind of sounded like just a political dust up. I don't. I mean, is there actually going to be action associated with that? Or it, do, it doesn't. It doesn't sound like it. Um, there. The only thing of interest. Two things of interest I read. One, it sounded like Trump was just spouting off. And then probably, not that he wouldn't do it, but maybe couldn't. I don't know if it would have been a wouldn't do it or couldn't do it type of thing. Mm-hmm. And on one hand, I'm saying, well, yeah, even if he's just throwing it in the wind, the fact that the people that are opposed to it, the people that have sanctuary cities that are saying, no, no, don't send yeah. him here. They took the bait. He's ca- yeah, they took the bait. Yeah. So um, so that's the, you know, that kudos to him for making him take the bait. But then it sounds like there was an interesting thing where, um, not Department of Homeland Security, but one of the other kind of sub agencies of the department. Ice was it Ice? No, it was a different one. It was a it was an acronym I didn't know till I read the name. But one of the head guys of this particular department was saying, "Yeah, we've been in we've been in in touch with um, certain people to see if we could just take these people somewhere safe and actually bus talking about busing them to a city that was a sanctuary city." And he said, "We weren't." This was had nothing to do with politics. It had nothing to do with Trump. We just, you know, we were just trying to figure out what do we do with just these the people. Just pure logistics. Yeah, pure logistics. Yeah. It's like you know, so so don't blame you know, don't blame me for all this political crap. Basically, mm-hmm. um, we just want to take care of folks, and uh, so it wasn't necessarily a political thing at all. Well, I'm, as the more I think about the situation with with uh, the whole idea of taking illegals and putting them in sanctuary cities. It's kind of a funny thing because that's where they're all going anyway, isn't it? I mean, if I was an illegal, wouldn't you want to go there? That's something else that surprised me that I forgot I read. Um, The stats don't necessarily, like, that would be my assumption. You would think, right? But I'm not sure that they know that if they want free benefits, that's the place to go. I'm assuming they may not know that because I was surprised that it said that quite a few were going to the central east Central East, East. I yeah, can't say it right, but East central, central. East central part of the United States uh-huh. or the Midwest. Now that wasn't saying the majority, but it was saying like they were surprised that when they actually had an organization that was tracking it, said that some were actually going there. Is that where they were choosing to go then? It's okay. where they were choosing to go, and uh, probably where the work is. Yeah, yeah. That's that's what went through my head as soon as I saw. It. It's like, oh, I bet that's where. Well, see, they can get jobs. This is a great not, debate. Not free benefits. This is a great. You know? This is mm-hmm. a great debate because th- what that says to me is that most of the people that are coming here legitimately want to work. Because if you were just a dirtbag that wanted to come and just suck off the, the government, whatever, mm-hmm. wouldn't you go where? Because I mean, word travels quick. Yeah, if, I, if that's true. Freebies, they, they may know. If yeah. there's freebies being handed out, I mean. You'd, you'd think that that's where they would go if that's what they wanted. But if they're wanting to legitimately work, then they would go where the work is. Well, and on the other hand, though, maybe maybe they're good moral folks that'd be like, I don't just want to go get free benefits. I want to go and have opportunity. You know, maybe they're... I mean, I don't know. If I had the choice to go to a place and live off the government or go to another place and work and make a living, I'd, I'd go make a living. I wouldn't go, right. you know. So, who knows? And we're speculating, which is yeah. okay. Um, that's part of what we do, but it was interesting um, to to see that it was they weren't just saying that people are automatically going to the sanctuary cities to get you know to get benefits, and so that was at least somewhat interesting. Um, also, saw a pretty blatant video that was 
uh, I believe it was someone in Arizona, uh, one of the agencies took of people just sneaking right across the border, and they were they were actually all apprehended, but there was 111. And I guess wow. it was a pretty viral video, just like just right, right across. through a fence, and it was like a thermal imaging, so you couldn't. It wasn't super clear, yeah. But, but you, you could tell it. it was people, and they were coming. They walked right across that, and then they got they got nabbed. And hmm. I saw. So, I mean, I don't think we're gonna ever sit, be able to sit here and like make heads or tails of some yeah. of this stuff. But um, I did see, interestingly enough, that a group, a vigilante group, that had detained a bunch of illegal immigrants mm -hmm. was not going to be released before their trial they're going to hold them the vigilante group yeah oh hmm. and I I don't know that's another thing you know what do you is that right to punish people who are just I mean they detained them they didn't they just caught them and then detained them detained mm -hmm. them and called ICE mm -hmm. and now they're in jail and I mean they're going down there on their own dime with their own equipment to just try to help enforce the law when the laws said, we can't get it done, we can't, we don't have the people, we don't have the resources, so they've ponied up their own... Well, it's kind of crazy that they would punish them. So, if I can ask you a couple questions, realizing you're not a lawyer, you're a, you're a new reserve sheriff, mm -hmm. so you may not be able to give me the perfect answer, nobody's going to hold you to this, but if I see a crime happening, and I run, and I, I'm physically assaulting the guy that's doing the crime... Tackling him, taking him down, and holding him. Am I going to get in trouble for um, assaulting him? He, I. It depends on what the crime is. Mm -hmm. If you and what and what your assault is. I mean, frankly. Okay. Okay. So if you see some, uh, you see a fifth. Okay, you see an eighteen-year-old kid uh, swipe a six-pack of beer out of the grocery store and take off for his car. You tackle him, and you just. Beat the ever-loving <laughs> crap out of him. Kid. Eighteen. No, he's eighteen. 18 he's 18, an adult. 18. Okay, he's an adult. adult. Okay, good. And and you just and you pin him down, and he's got two black eyes and a bloody nose, and and you've but you've got him and secured him. Now, you you might get charged with simple assault. You might get a misdemeanor off of okay. that, but you might you might be able to beat it too because if you caught him in the commission of a crime and he started to fight back, mm -hmm. and you were just you know you could make that case. Yeah. But if you, I mean. If you just jumped on top of him and held him until the cops could get there, I mean, just did minimal amount of force. So it sounds pretty reasonable. If it was reasonable, and see, that's the key with everything. It has to be reasonable. Yeah. Maybe even for us, our use of force has to be, we have to be able to articulate why we did what we did, and it has to be reasonable to an average person. Now. In other words, a jury. Okay. Yeah. How, and this is, again, we're, we're really reaching here, mm -hmm. because most of the time things are a little more black and white than I'm making them. I'm making it gray on purpose. What if there's a, a crowd and I tackle the wrong guy, but I think I've got the right guy, but he doesn't really get hurt too bad, and I don't either, is it likely probably it's going to be fine? It's probably up to him, honestly. Yeah, so he could, he, could, he could sue me, but even then, if I thought I was tackling the right guy, is that any, is that any kind of a good defense, like the, the guy that did rob a store? It would, that, see, that would be up yeah. to a judge or a jury, because... And I guess if it was crowded, if, there'd be plenty of witnesses. If, if his rights are violated, mm -hmm. which they would be, mm -hmm. if you tackled the wrong guy, okay. then he's kind of got the choice yeah. to whether to press charges or not, and you'd have to defend yourself. I mean, yeah. okay. no, defend that's, your actions. So, so that's that's good to know. It, you know, most most law stuff sounds pretty reasonable, and I am a person that I always talk about the exception or pushing the limit because I think it's important to know where the limit is. Yeah. 
um, because there are those things that sometimes happen. It's kind of interesting whenever you get, I think, regular people. I don't even know how to say that. Regular people. Because we have, even our law enforcement is civilian. We're civilian yeah, law yeah. enforcement. Um, but when you, when you have regular people helping enforce the law, I in my mind, yeah, yeah. help enforce the law. Yeah. As long as you don't, like, get off on it and, like, just do it so that you can hurt somebody, mm-hmm. then I think that... We should encourage that kind of behavior. If you see somebody breaking the law and confront them, and but I mean, in today's atmosphere of liability, that's you kind of are opening yourself up to civil, mm-hmm. civil things, you know. Mm-hmm. I don't know, but I just thought, and you know, I should caveat this discussion with about the the uh, immigrant, the vigilante group, mm-hmm. is that I know that there's some that are just out there to fight. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> you know? Yeah. That this is a good excuse to like get guns and mm-hmm. and like go put our hands on people and whatever. Yeah, and after we do a cigar update, I want to talk about boys. So we'll come back to that. But we're right at our first cigar update. <clears throat> and I'm uh what am I looking at? Not almost two inches. You about two inches. Yeah. You you're you're a little more you're smoking hotter. Probably smoking, maybe maybe drawing a little more. You got longer ash than I. I have so. a little bit of a tighter draw, so I'm kind of mm. having to pull on it a little hard to get. Okay. Um, I probably should have cut just a little bit bigger. Okay. So. Yeah, and this this was a. Um, is it called a? I don't know if it's technically called a bellicoso. Oh, I just lost it. Head or not? But it's a pointed one, so when you cut it off, you're, you know. If you have the type of cutters we do, only so much of it goes through the cutter. Mm-hmm. So sometimes you want to take a second cut to take a little more off. Mine was tight right at the beginning, but loosened up, and so that's why I told Joe not to, not to cut it any bigger. But mm-hmm. what are we, I'm I started to I put, took a pretty hard uh, pull on mine, and it actually made it better. I got some like like some baking again, what I call baking spice. It might have been a sweet wood because it was just just a, a moment, mm-hmm. so I haven't identified it yet for sure. But sweet wood, something sweet, and just uh, a nice hint of spice. Um, and uh, I also did a hard retrohale and got the burn in my nose, like mm-hmm. you said. But the, a light retrohale, just it's delicious. Smooth. It's yeah, super delicious. Super great. It really so. makes that sweet nut thing come out too. I think I'm getting a little bit more. Um, just a little bit more of that sort of. Uh, I wouldn't. Even, I don't even want to call it dirty because it's not like it's not right. It's 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 better than dirty. Earthy. Yeah, I guess you could call it earthy soil, or just soil. kind of like a like a. Um, yeah, I don't know. It got a little stronger there for a little bit, and I, now it seems to have evaporated. So maybe it was well, just a spot. Well, we can work on it. <clears throat> And, and try to try to identify more of that, but it's um it's super smooth, and I'm getting just a tickle of spice burn in the back of my throat, mm-hmm. which is which is fine with me. Um, it's smoking like an oily cigar, but I'm not I'm not necessarily noticing an abundance of oil. Yeah, um, just just enough maybe to keep it, me interested. To me, it's the perfect amount. Yeah, I don't want it to be sticky, oily, or anything like that, but it's. It keeps everything just kind of flowing nicely, and that's that's what we got with this one, I think. Man, that retro hail is awesome. Yeah, this so, this is going definitely into my top three right now. Yeah, so at this point, so this one's doing great. The the Christoph exclusive TAA Solomon. So um, boys, 
you're talking about some of the vigilantes just wanting to fight. Yeah. And I think that's why it's important to raise boys right. And I say that as a dad that has four girls. But oh, I, was, I see. Armchair quarterback. <laughs> but no, but no, I was a boy that wasn't raised right. <laughs> so, gotcha. yeah. So, yeah, laugh at me for mm. commenting when I only... That's all right. You know it's in love, right? Yeah, I do. I do. So, but um, I don't think I was necessarily raised right. And um, some of that might have been my own rebellion, rebelling against my dad because he divorced my mom, so I didn't want to be like him. But um, I think there are things, hard things, uh, work hard things, um, chopping wood... Hunting for an animal, maybe with a bow, maybe with a gun, doing some of that. I should have, it would have been nice to do more of those guy things when I was younger Mm -hmm. to get some of that energy out. And I think I was affected by kind of the the feminist side that says men can't be, they're not supposed to be strong and and protective because that's, you know, that's wrong. And I, I think, you know, I, I think I've started to kind of come through and beyond some of that, but I don't. But I don't think I really did a lot of the hard things. You know, I I didn't have another brother brother to wrestle with. I didn't have a dad to wrestle with. Mm-hmm. You know, um, got into martial arts a little bit, did some of that, and I think some of it came out then. But just learning when it's right to go to the border and how to use the right amount of force to detain somebody and then turn them over to the authorities, as opposed to. I just haven't fought enough, so I got to get this all this whatever testosterone, adrenaline, all this yeah. out of my system and beat the shit out of somebody. Going to the bar and drinking just so I can fight, you know that kind right. of stuff is stupid. It is stupid, and I think that you know, like I mean, we we have a society kind of full of full of that. I think that. Well, okay, I don't know if this is right or not, but I'm gonna try it. I'm gonna, we're gonna sure. try to see what happens. So we've got a guy on the law on the sheriff's office here in town, um, who used to fight professionally, mm-hmm. like fought for money and I'm re- I'm cousins with this guy so when I talk about his family it's my it's kind of my okay. family too so uh, generally speaking <laughs> that side of the family is there's a lot of them in jail okay. the ones that aren't in jail some of them are wanted <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> and and uh, people that knew this this deputy before he sort of came around um, would have said he was just a total hellraiser, just like yeah. the rest of his family. Yeah. But thank God, he got that pointed in the right direction, and now he is a heck of a deputy. Yeah, he's the kind of guy that when you get called to, in fact, we we were out just the other night. We got called to a domestic, uh, a domestic fight, and we're hearing over the radio that this guy doesn't like cops. He wants to fight us. He's really drunk. He's like we're we're getting ready to go into this place, and I knew that. This deputy was responding with us, and that made me feel really good. <laughs> and, you know, I think when I look at people that have gotten in trouble or um, have all this energy that they don't know what to do with, and so they end up getting in trouble. They end up going to the bar and drinking and getting in fights and getting hurting, hurting people and whatever. I, I think that that is just what it boils down to is like, misallocated potential for really good things because society needs those people they need those hard-fisted enforcers you know and man what what, if only we could harness all of that energy and point it in the right direction but it's difficult because human nature gets in the mix Mm -hmm. and uh 
and not everyone's going to be willing to set aside the self-glorification to to lay that down and, and and work point that energy for the defense of something that's virtuous or defense of someone that's weak they would rather use that energy to inflict their inter to uh, use their power against those that are weaker and uh, I don't know it's not always violence I mean <clears throat> there's a lot of ways to, that people do that and it's just human nature well I, I grew up thinking uh, I, I grew up really not fighting and not really not being a fighter and actually um, some you could say I'm not a fighter mean it in a good way I would say I wasn't a fighter even pushing beyond to where I wasn't a fighter in a bad way. Like, I wouldn't, in my younger years, fight for something that I should have fought for. I probably, like, if somebody would have done something bad to my sister, I might not have defended her. That that mm-hmm. kind of bad, I sh- when I should have stepped up, I wouldn't. Yeah. But I remember, as a young man, probably 14, 16, hearing the Coward of the County song. Yeah, by, that's uh, a good song. Kenny uh, Rogers. Kenny Rogers. And that song was like, you know, oh, whoa, there's so... There is a there is a time to fight, and that was a. Uh, it didn't really resolve with me till many years later. It was just a. It was just this hint of well, sometimes there is a reason. Yeah, there there is a thing to fight for, and later on, um, probably in just barely into adulthood, I started to understand things that you value. Sometimes you have to stand up for and defend. But it's it's interesting looking back, thinking what what was it that made me not want to de- like? It was because I know in my heart I was thinking. It's right for me not to fight, even though I would be defending my sister. It was a moral thing. It wasn't the moral thing that said, in this case, you have to fight to to defend your sister. It was just the opposite. You don't fight. Never mm-hmm. fight. And I really think it's probably just wrapped into our culture. Maybe, I don't want to blame it on, you know, I'm reaching here, so I understand if I'm painting with too broad of a brush, but the school system, probably feminism is wrapped in there a little bit, and just, you know, saying that fighting is, is always wrong. Yeah. There's a lot of elements, I think, at play that, that kind of steer a society toward that. And I think some of it is our, the, what we call them the greatest generation that went and fought World War, you know, one and two or whatever. They had so much of it, so much of fighting that now a time of peace, you just don't need to go there. And taken to an extreme, uh, yeah, it's, it's extremely detrimental. It's extremely detrimental. If I can tell another short story, mm-hmm. I also saw a guy once that was one of those lanky, he was a British guy, like he didn't look muscular and tough, but he was like a super fast boxer type guy that could just whoop, yeah. whoop guys pop, way, pop, pop, pop. way bigger than him. I saw him um, stick up for a girl and I thought, oh, this is going to get bad and it totally didn't. He... He held his own, and, and I really think what happened was he knew it wasn't a contest, mm-hmm. and he just stepped in and did what he had to do, but he calmed things down. He was pretty forward and forceful, but didn't start a fight, calmed everything down, and I, could, I just couldn't believe it. You know, I'm like, he's a fighter, and he just calmed, he just, what's the word called when you neutralized the situation, just brought it all down a level? De-escalation. De-escalation, that's the word I was looking for, thanks. Yeah. And defended his girlfriend, mm-hmm. and I was just really impressed because I knew he was a, and I don't think anybody else there knew that he could have whipped six guys in that bar pretty easy. Yeah, that's that's something that always fascinates me is that <clears throat> confidence and um, stress inoculation 
seems to be seems to win the day ninety percent of the time. Like whoever can hit, whoever can stay the coolest the longest. It's almost like every fight's a game of chicken. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. All right. Well, that was a, that was a fun little banter. Um, we probably just started like. 50 conversations yeah amongst people who listen to this that's right if we had more listeners we'd have all kinds of topics to talk about right because people would be arguing and discussing what we were discussing there you go well we we have to talk about well I put tax returns but tax returns is just the, the tip of the iceberg yeah it is totally the tip and of the it iceberg. just goes everywhere and we need to talk about why that's a huge issue and, and why it's because on, on some level and I assume you're talking about Donald Trump's tax Donald returns. Trump's tax okay. returns. I'm talking about an American that happened to be elected president, <laughs> his tax returns, mm-hmm. that have already gone through the government system and been yep. stamped, yep. approved. And probably were audited. Yeah. So they've got the double, triple, mm-hmm. quadruple, bulletproof stamp on them. <laughs> and it's just wrong. It's totally wrong what's going on. So, yeah. I mean, yeah. so what we've got now... For those of you who may not be as enlightened as poor Doug and I, we, uh, we, there's basically now that the Mueller investigation is over and the president has exonerated himself of, there's no, been no obstruction of justice and no collusion with Russia. Now, people are suing for his tax returns so that they can look at those and investigate and see if there's any crimes in those. Mm-hmm. And <clears throat> fundamentally, I just want to get out in front of this because. I have a real problem, and we talked about fighting, what's worth fighting for, like fighting for your country, fighting for your principles. It is absolutely, in this country, wrong to investigate a person to try to find a crime. If you have a crime, and you have evidence that someone committed it, that's when you investigate. You don't investigate a person to try to find a crime. Because, I have a little news flash, I just about guarantee that everybody's, everybody has broken the law. I mean, one time or another, you didn't stop at the stop sign. One time or another, you filled out a form wrong. One time or another, you rounded the wrong way when you should have rounded up. You should rounded down. Or I mean, <laughs> we're trying. We're just all trying to get by here. And it is. I think that we are to a point where we have got to draw a hard line with this. Mm-hmm. It's over. They need to drop it and they need to move on. And hey, if they like. And, and the whole reason I think that they're doing this, this is my theory, but the whole reason I think that they're continuing this thing of badgering the president, now now they want, there's already people leaking too, like loan documents, and this is just, this is so wrong, it's a violation of his privacy, and all they're trying to do is make him look bad so that they can try to beat him in 2020, and that's the wrong way to go about an election. I mean, if yeah. you have ideas and issues that you want to discuss, let's discuss them. Mm-hmm. Let's not... I mean, they're starting in a smear campaign eight years... Like, four to eight years in advance on this guy. Yeah. And I guess in the past I would have said I never fear... Had never feared that the government would come after me or come after a friend or a family member. Um, but this is this is sort of where it starts. Oh, yeah. Um, when the government starts saying I can go after a person well he's the president don't doesn't everyone everyone in the United States deserves to see his tax returns like no, no they don't what in fact <laughs> every president up to this one has used executive privilege and just said I'm the president tough 
and <clears throat> including Obama, including George Washington. Really, I didn't. And know that. <clears throat> and this Trump has been bent over backwards to try to work with people up to a point. I don't blame him at all for suing them and saying no, you're not going to see it. Well, and that's that's the neat thing about about Trump. You know, he's now agreed that most presidents have quite a bit more money than than we do, but Trump is exceptionally wealthy. He's so, a lot less wealthy than he was when he started running for president. Yes, he is. But, uh, I, you know, you could easily say he's got a lot of money and his family has a lot of money. Okay, so if it was a normal president and they were going to hammer him, he might give in to the polit- normal, let's say it was a normal Republican that didn't have all these millions of dollars, he might cave. Might cave and just say, I'm going to give in, I'm going to give him my taxes, let the chips fall where they may. But that's wrong. You shouldn't do that. Um, the point is, he doesn't have to, by law, he show his tax returns. There's no crime. There's, you know, and the only, and it's funny because if you listen to the mainstream media, it's they're always talking about, oh, we're almost there. We almost have it. You know, it's like it, it, the the narrative is, oh, the, it, you know, it, it's always this anticipation of, of what? Well, you you don't get to. <laughs> You don't get to go investigate somebody on the anticipation of a crime. You have to say, they actually did this, and this is what we're going after them for. Mm-hmm. That's I mean, how the system works. Boil it down to an average person. Mm-hmm. Okay, If I pull you over tonight, I'm driving around, and I see you, and I pull you over. Okay, Already, if I've pulled you over just because I think you look suspicious, or because I don't you like you, I can't pull yeah, you over. you can't. I mean, I can't pull you over and search your car and search your pockets and interview your wife and kids and whoever's in there trying to look for something that you that I think you might have done wrong because I don't like you. I would, I mean, I would get, I would get fired for one, and then I would, I, you know, I'd have a civil lawsuit. You could sue me. Yeah. I'd have punitive damages. I wouldn't. I'd let it go. <laughs> I appreciate <laughs> yeah, that. Yeah. But, but, I mean, if it happened to me, mm-hmm. I wouldn't let it go. Yeah, I know. I mean, if, yeah. <clears throat> if you didn't know me and I, I didn't yeah, know, if you, I didn't know you, I wouldn't, and <clears throat> I wouldn't let it go. It's, that is exactly what's happening. I mean, so put yourself in those shoes. Mm-hmm. I mean, you okay, you get pulled over for no reason. You're going to speed limit. You've used your turn signals. Your lights are working. You're not looking, sus- you're not, like, lighting a pop pipe. I mean, something yeah. obvious, like... And you get pulled over and searched, and they want to talk about that on the podcast once that I was lighting my tobacco yeah, pipe. I think you did. Over. Yeah. <laughs> like I know they're pulling me over because they think I'm smoking yeah. weed. <laughs> it's like I knew why. I didn't even yeah. have to ask, you know. And it, yeah, and if it, and if, and if, when you rolled your window down, he smelled it. Well, then yeah, boom. Yeah, I'm sure he rolled the, when I rolled the window down. He's like, yeah, dang, he's smoking <laughs> pipe tobacco. <laughs> Actually, he was probably happy because yeah, that means yeah. no paperwork. He doesn't yeah. have to go to court, you know. But. <clears throat> Anyway, <laughs> so, <laughs> but yeah, but, I mean, we got to boil this down to a personal level. I mean, that's what's happening to Trump. Yeah. Whether you like him or hate him, this yeah. is a civil liberties issue. It is, it is, and it's, and I mean, the other thing that's interesting, I mean, e- even if the civil liberties thing wasn't there, and you could say, well, it might be fun to see his tax returns, but there's there's way more. I mean, just there's way more people out there who, whose tax returns will be more interesting to see than Trump's. First of all, he was a businessman. Forever, yeah. and have been into politics what two years? Mm-hmm. Not long. Not long. Nancy Pelosi's been in politics forty years, thirty years. Yeah, I would like to see Obama's tax returns and see. And <laughs> if if they're going to do this, you better believe everybody's are going to have to be shown yeah. because 
Look at a guy like Obama who didn't, who never did business. He was only in politics. Yeah. And now how much is he worth? So do you think there might be something there that the American people would want to know about? Well, and the thing, and I don't, I don't necessarily care to pick on Pelosi that much, although I don't like her. But the fact that her husband is like, I think, a businessman and she's a politician. I mean, just those two things in and of themselves makes your eyebrow go up. You know, you think, hmm. Collude much? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, I don't know here. That would be much think, more interesting I to think see. this is Pandora's box. I mean, if you start down this road, mm. not only is it just a blatant civil liberties mistake, yeah. but it, it's just going to make politics as we know it slam the brakes because who, who are we ever going to be able to elect now? Well, and and maybe we should touch on the, the tax system in and of itself afterwards, but we were close to a cigar update, and this is the funny part. Are we even halfway? I don't know. We smoked the big end. We did. So now, yeah, so maybe this one will go faster. I don't know. Maybe this one will go faster. Are we... I don't think we're halfway yet, even, but um, this is going to be a long one, so... Uh, um, but let's 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 see what see what we're getting. I I want to admit that I got if I don't think I said this the last update, but right at, I think it was right after the last update, I started drawing a little harder, and I was getting a little bit more of that dirty Nicaraguan, not to a bad level, mm-hmm. but it was. And I'm not sure if it was so. Maybe it wasn't dirty Nicaraguan. Maybe it was more of an earthy yeah, taste. It's kind of hard to know. Yeah, because I didn't I didn't not I was not displeased with mm-hmm. what I tasted. But it was mixing in, it was stronger, but it was mixing in still pretty well with what we were tasting. And, um, but the, but the overall just sweetness and smoothness of this is great. And the fact that I can retrohale without burning my nose is just, this mm-hmm. is, I don't know if I've had any cigar that, where the retrohale was this mellow mm-hmm. and the cigar isn't mellow. I mean, you get yeah. a mellow cigar, you expect it's a mellow. It's really flavorful. Yeah, it's great. Well, and yeah. something I just thought about is that we're going to get an increased ratio of wrapper as we go, right? Oh, from here we will. Yeah. yeah. So that's right. It's just gonna probably just these the goodness is gonna continue to intensify. That's true. I didn't I didn't think about that because it started big, it kind of tapers. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. so so that's interesting. But I'm I'm a, I'm gonna call it even though even though you didn't agree with the almond. I don't know if I'm for sure right, but I'm gonna say almond with a with a hint of sweetness. I don't want to say amaretto because amaretto is more of a distinct sweet, almost a stone, like a cherry taste, but I'm mm-hmm. just going to say a uh, sweet almond. And uh, maybe maybe a hint of like what nougat tastes like. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, that that's definitely there and it's and it's it's light, but I think there's a bit of breadiness and I think this is why that, that dirtiness or earthiness from the, I'm saying it's from the Nicaraguan, I don't know that for sure, but, but it's mixing <laughs> yeah, what do you got against Nicaraguans, man? I know, I know, sorry, I don't want to be tobacco racist, but, um, but I think there's a breadiness mixing. racist. There you go, that's the word I look for, but it, it's mixing with a breadiness that I think is softening it out, and then when you get this sweetness that we're getting too mixed in with it, it's really good. Um, something I don't think I'm getting it's coffee or cocoa this time. We get that a lot. Yeah, me. It might be there, <clears throat> a little bit of co- a little bit of chocolate, but like if you really hunt for it, you can kind of sort of almost get a get a something, but it's not super strong. I'm not. I'm not gonna try that hard. Do you have anything else to add? Mm-mm. Man, we're we're loving it. This is a great smoker. Um, we're gonna we're gonna ha- and you know what? I didn't put the price down. I know it's gonna fall in our. 
in our but I, I forgot to put the price down in our notes so uh, I, my guess is it's going to fall be- between the it might have been just a smidge more than 10 mm-hmm. um, but it was in our you know in our normal range so um, okay where did I say we were going back to I forgot tax system the tax oh yeah you want to talk about tax law or something part of the reason (laughs) and i just i despise this part of the reason that it's really easy for someone to accidentally make a mistake is because of the way our tax system is set up Mm -hmm. it's just it's set up that okay tell me what you make and we're going to take this much money from you and then oh wait we're going to give you some back because oh you did this or you did that so oh we're we're a good government we're incentivizing you we're giving you money back because you did good things no you're not giving us money back you're actually untaking the money that you took which you may have taken legitimately or not but the fact is yeah that system in and of itself which may never change in my lifetime is probably not the best setup for taxes and so the fact that there's this huge government bureaucracy built over it and you have to have tax accountants that study the bureaucracy and still might get it wrong. Mm-hmm. And then you're accountable and the tax accountant's accountable and the bureaucracy just has all these rules that they can sneak in there and get you on at any point. It's just mm-hmm. horribly difficult. It should be, here's the things that everyone needs to pay for. Let's just divide it up. Boom, there you go. Everybody owes this. Everybody pays the same. I don't know. I don't want to... This, is, this isn't meant to be a... Yeah. A, we're not, I'm not meant to. I don't mean to solve all the tax problems and offer a new system right now. But I'm just saying that it's really hard not to make a mistake. Well, there's two things to that. I think two or two things I could jump off of. The first of off is this, and I heard a radio commentator talk about this in it. This exact thing, um, as it applies to the Trump tax returns, mm-hmm. okay. is that if you, if 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 you as a just a businessman were to take your financials to two different tax people. Mm-hmm. Even here locally in small town Iowa, you would get two different results, two different opinions on how to approach it, two different ways on how to file it, two different outcomes. Yeah. And so that presents a, a problem or a, or a blessing to people who want to try to get tax yeah. Trump's returns because then they can have who any number of quote-unquote tax uh, experts mm-hmm. to, to give you any any kind of opinion on it but <clears throat> okay so so yeah it is the system as we ha- that we have today is so complicated and so malleable that it's easy to cheat it's easy to get screwed it's 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 just complicated by the same but <laughs> here's the but i'm glad that i can take advantage of some breaks or or deductions or yeah, credits or whatever yeah. because of you know I think that I'm I think that I'm do, trying to do life right mm-hmm. and it feels good when I pay less because I am making children or when I you know pay less because I've invested in my business or or my future or whatever else mm-hmm. that feels good and I and I think it's only right that somebody who uses I mean and this is not income tax but somebody who uses the road less pays less road tax I think it's um, I think it's good that we try to sort of prorate things to where it's not just everybody paying a flat rate because you and I both know if it was just a flat rate the people who are 
that means like everybody pays the same percentage or whatever of their income. People that are more um, self-reliant and self-sufficient want to do things for themselves anyway. They let they rely way less on these systems, and they're being punished even though they're not using the systems to pay for them anyway. And I, you know, while it might spark a greater debate on do we need this system or do we need this program, um, that's a pretty hard argument to make to obliterate something to take it off the table. I don't know. I I think that it would that it's a hard job to try to make a tax code. I think we probably need taxes in some way. I don't I don't think all taxation is theft. I think some is. Yeah. <laughs> well, but it's tough. I mean, it's just tough. We live in a complicated society. It, it is. And and I do want to echo uh, echo one thing and maybe argue just a hair with another. I do want to echo the fact that in the system as it stands, I'm glad that when I do some things right, then they untake yeah. some of the money that they took. But the fact that they do that still bothers me because they just shouldn't take it. Just don't don't incentivize don't incentivize me by giving me back money that you shouldn't have taken to begin with. Mm-hmm. Just don't take it. Now, and and hold on. And the the reason it gets complicated is because some of the money they're taking isn't for the things that it should be for. So the person who is self reliant that you were talking about, their rights should be protected. Their right to be self-reliant, their right to do yeah. things right should be covered and no money should be taken from them. Yeah. So the the fact in your scenario that they would get punished for it, that's because in the, the current that's where the current tax system is. Well right. Wrong. This this uh well and you, I think probably there's always going to be a little bit of redistribution because the people who need help can't afford if they need if they actually need help then that that's because they can't afford to be self-reliant. So you have to rely on the people that are self-reliant to pay for the people that aren't. At least that's the way things are right now. True. But also, I'm a little curious about the untaking thing. Uh-huh. Now, do you pay uh-huh. quarterly? Oh. Uh, or, it, yeah. here's the reason I asked the yeah. question. They don't untake from me because I only pay once a year. Oh, okay. Okay. So, I'm, right. I mean, to me, it's not, they're not untaking yeah. anything. That's just, we figure it all at the end of the year and I get some credit back for some things. They take it off my bill and then I pay my bill. Um, so. <clears throat> yeah, they, they take out of my income mm-hmm. and then... Um, mostly because of business write-offs with the properties, I get it back. I don't have, okay. I don't make enough that I have to file quarterly and pay in, mm-hmm. and then and then get it back. So, mm-hmm. so that's why I'm saying untake. I do want to say one thing though, in, in, in reference to redistribution. This might, this hopefully this won't take long, but we're we're getting short on time. So, I, I do think that um, re, redistribution at the federal level for maybe everything, but just about everything is not, is a bad idea, is morally wrong. Um, I don't think anyone should be forced to give to a charity. I don't think I should force my neighbor George to give money to a charity that I approve of, mm-hmm. even if it's that guy down the road that needs food. Um, that's just morally wrong. Mm-hmm. His right to keep his money should be protected. That's what the federal government's for. Not to take the money create a large bureaucracy to help the poor, fund the bureaucracy, and then give some of that money back to the poor. That's it, where it's wrong. It takes the virtue out of charity. It does. And I, I like I prefer I prefer to talk about it more of robbing a blessing from the giver than I do from violating his right to not give. Um, but we're just looking at it from right, two different right, ends of the spectrum. Right. It's the same and, uh, thing. Yeah, it, it is. I think both things are true. Mm-hmm. Um, and I and I, I want to correct, not correct, but clarify something I said before. 
in the current status of where things are, there's going to be some redistribution. Right. I'm not it's, saying yeah. that that's. I right didn't thing. think you would. Okay. Yeah, they're they're just in, in, in where we are now. You know, we we've got to. Kind I mean, of, as long as we've got social programs, there's going to be some. Right, we got to struggle struggle through what we have. So, um, I, I I just am convinced that the American people, um, if we just said there's no more federal assistance, people aren't going to be starving on the streets. They're going to be eating just as well as they were the day before. We said there's no more federal assistance. Probably right. Something's you know mm-hmm. the, we're we're good people. We're giving people and people will take well, care of folks. It's the the proof and the proof is in the pudding, and the proof is that it's not breaking the cycle of poverty. Yeah. So we need to stop doing it. Yeah. Because it's not helping. It's hurting it. Yeah. It's actually creating more yeah. dependence on absolutely um, mama and papa generations and yeah. generations and generations. So um, we need to. Talk about the cigar and hope we have enough time to finish it before you leave. I'm going to have to probably cut it short. Darn. Honestly. Um, but, uh, Duty calls. So, well, and it was a seven and a half inch cigar. Yeah, it's so it was, it was a pretty long one. Um, but uh, I'm trying to decide if it got a little less sweet as, as we smoked it. I don't know if it did or if, or if maybe just some of the other tastes are ramping up and so I'm not tasting the sweet as much, but it's still super smooth like before. Mm-hmm. Um it is getting a little more earthy, um, but it's pretty consistent. the The nuts still there. Um, it's there might be a little less spice, and that was just a hint in the beginning. But I'm not. I'm either getting used to it or I'm not noticing it mm-hmm. now. Um, really well balanced. Yeah. Oh man, it's good. Just I took a long draw. And, Tasty, nutty. I'm getting the still getting the sweet. It was still there. Yeah, the sweet's still there. I think. I think honestly, like <clears throat> what my mind is saying is that it's just as you get toward the end of the cigar, you know, you, you're filtering in some of that yeah. smoke and and things through the time you're burning it. So I think that tends to kind of counter some of the sweet a little bit, but it's still there. It's just yeah, it gets the, it's more toasted now than it was before. Maybe am I getting some cedar? I didn't want to say wood because I thought it was bread, but maybe I'm getting a little. A little bit of cedar. It's possible. Yeah, especially on a ultra light retro hill, you can kind of get that cedar. So, yummy cigar. Um, let's go and look at what we're supposed to taste. Okay. Okay. The cigar the the bag. is dot 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 earthy and nutty with coffee and cedar notes. Ah, I I didn't. Maybe the earthiness was coffee and we didn't call it right. I'm just going to say maybe. I'm not going to change just because they told me I'm supposed to taste coffee. Yeah. But maybe because coffee's earthy. Yeah. You know? Um, but um, they didn't say cocoa, so we were good not getting cocoa. So that's what we're supposed to taste, Joe. Well, what, I don't care what I they say. Care. Yeah. This is great. It's a good cigar. <laughs> so the Christoph exclusive. Five stars. TAA 49 Solomon uh, Dandy Cigar. We're going to call that good. Awesome. Appreciate you listening to Doug and Joe Talk. Yes. We'll talk to you next time.